This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Welcome to the Artie Party Show 2021. Whoopee! It's a brand new year and everyone's looking forward to hopefully uh, something rather improved over the last year. And, uh, well, lots of things happening in the art world. I think, you know, no matter what happens, art continues uh, regardless. And uh, certainly I can safely say that I've been painting uh, absolutely like a, in a feverish manner. And I hope all you uh, out there in the art world have been doing the same thing. And uh, all the um, organizations that we normally uh, work with, like the Otago Art Society, for instance, thriving away, people uh, joining uh, and um, uh, enjoying the, uh, the uh, fellowship uh, that exists at the Otago Art Society. Great way to uh, get to know other artists and learn a few things. Uh, from them, and they could well uh, learn a few things uh, from you, perhaps. Yeah, the Otago Art Society, of course, uh, they do an, uh, uh, a regular newsletter, and of course, uh, the spring exhibition. Well, that's been hold- held, uh, the ingredients uh, exhibition, and uh, the results of that actually are out. Uh, and uh, let's see if we can find them. Oh, yes, here we are. Uh, first place went to Marie Reed Beadle uh, with a piece called Butter Chicken. Second place to At the Heart of the Baker's Dozen by Lynn Kerr. Third place, Hudson and Hall's Talk Turkey by Anne Baldock. Uh, there you go, those familiar two faces. Uh, uh, Hudson and Hall's sadly gone, uh, but uh, not forgotten. And uh, then there was a host of merit prizes, uh, Victoria Sponge for David Bishop, Cheese Roll for uh, Cheese Roll Queen by Eleanor Gervan, uh, Parrot for the Bands by Lorna Allen, and every Tuesday it were Tripe and Onions. There's a title for you by David Bishop. Uh, so there you go. I can also mention one of the people's choices, which was Sharon Pine, Marilyn. That was the leading uh, people's choice. So uh, that's... Uh, uh, a pretty uh, straightforward thing. The um, artist program has begun this year. Uh, Kathy Shemansky uh, is uh, running a program, uh, and uh, she's doing. Um, uh, uh, or she might have probably just finished the pastels uh, work, but she does that regularly. Um, Brian Stewart um, uh, and Mary and Mary Jane Sneed uh, have. Um, uh, both uh, completed a program recently or in the middle of it. Uh, February the 1st to the 7th is Kaori Jackson. Uh, and uh, February 8th to the 14th is Jane Schwenker. February the 15th to the 21st is Marie Reed Beadle. She's very well known. And Julia McNaughton's uh, running uh, 
uh, um, a program on Feb- from February the 22nd to the 28th. So that should be uh, uh, something worth looking for. A few people are interested in uh, you know finding out a bit more. Well, just uh, ring the um, Tago Art Society. Very simple to do. Just phone. Uh, three four seven seven nine four six five, and ask to speak to the lovely Nairi if you're not already speaking to the lovely Nairi Kit, and she is the um, the administrator, and she'll look after you. Uh, what else have we got um, going? Well, um, love by take affordable art. Uh, that started on the 10th of January, so you may, might be a bit late for that. But the summer exhibition, <clears throat> which is sponsored by Smeaton's, uh, is in, in February. Is in February, and there is no theme, and you just put your work in, uh, especially new members, <clears throat> and um, it'll just be a potpourri. And uh, they're nowadays they're uh, much more interested in urging photographers, ceramicists, textile artists. Uh, and of course painters to exhibit so there's a lovely new variety of uh, innovative work uh, that members are uh, creating Uh, the fringe festival uh, exhibition will be meow which will be launched in march a show dedicated to anything to do with the cat family including tigers leopards panthers or any feline relatives Uh, so uh, you can uh, just uh, it's just uh, uh, up to you, whatever you like, as long as it has uh, it, it hangs or clings uh, precariously onto the theme of meow. So uh, they're going to support the Cat Rescue uh, Dunedin Charity uh, during that and have talks related to cats and their welfare. Uh, later on into May and June, there'll be the National Cleveland Awards, so watch this space. We'll be talking about that later on. Uh, now, also, we uh, have um, uh, events occurring at the um, at, uh, Dunedin Public Art Gallery, or the DPAG, as we fondly uh, name it. And uh, there will be, uh, in, on the 14th of February, a free screening on the, uh, with the film Hotry. Uh So that would uh, be of interest. But certainly, as a tete the um, Hotary exhibition is currently on and will be there for a while. A must-see, I have to say. Uh, and uh, the, uh, there are, they often have uh, lunchtime uh, programs and they even look after uh, the very young kids. Free gallery tour for tots. Tour for tots. That will be the 10th of February. Uh, Chinese, well, Chinese New Year is gone, I'm afraid, but... Um, uh, the 7th of February, there's a free ski- screening of uh, the uh, film Patu, uh, which is at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery. Uh, so lots of things. Get in touch with um, the Dunedin Public Art Gallery, uh, and uh, you can uh, they do you can subscribe to their newsletter. Can get onto their website and. Um, uh, you just need to uh, click subscribe to the gallery's newsletter, and uh, you can get that. Um, on the 20th of February, uh, for instance, they have four poetry readings at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery between 11 and 12, so just before your lunch. Uh, you can have a nice uh, lunch afterwards, uh, but to start with a, an entree of poetry. Um, now, uh, what else have we got? Oh, I should mention that my dear friend Andy Cook from Art Zone 
what a busy boy he's been. Uh, he uh, is actually, it, it's probably quite a, a good idea that I announce to you on behalf of Andy uh, that they will have already opened, but um, they're going to, well, they're going to reopen on Tuesday the 19th of, 19th of January and uh, opening from 9am to 5.30pm. Uh, but there, there will be new hours for 2021 starting on Tuesday the 19th of January. The hours uh, will be, Mondays will be closed. And uh, then Tuesday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. And uh, Andy at Art Zone uh, will be opening on Saturdays from 10 to 4. So that's a, a new development, which is, a, I think, a welcome development. Uh, because a lot of people who are into art, you're uh, working as well, and it certainly makes it a lot easier to uh, get out there and um, go on a Saturday. Uh, and uh, full hours, 10 to 4, not too bad. Uh, he's still got 25% off easels, which is uh, a wonderful uh, opportunity for um, many artists. Uh, the, uh, just to remind you, they have printing ink uh, for you printers. Lovely quality non-toxic uh, FAS Studio printing ink uh, with a gloss finish and a high tack uh, with cream, crisp colours. Um, so uh, that's a useful thing for you printers. Uh, lino and lino cutting tools are available. A great range of those, including 10 different sizes of blades uh, and, and the handles and rollers. Uh, and there are sets of handle blade com combos. Uh, uh, wood blocks and tools are in stock, uh, MDF of various sizes for block printing, as well as a couple of sets of wood block tools. So uh, that's um, pretty well covered. Uh, most of what um, Andy's been doing lately, uh, or not to mention Charbonnel-based Charbonnel, uh, etching ink. Uh, this is uh, Charbonnel have, uh, since 1862 have been manufacturing links and grounds for intaglio and lithography uh, and uh, they're um, um, again low acidity and exceptional light fastness all the things that you need uh, when you're etching and uh, I haven't forgotten screen printers they've got uh, squeegees and emulsions for screen printing and uh, headset textile printing colour which is solvent free uh, hand paintable colour for it for textiles suitable for cotton and poly cotton mixes, and um, uh, the standard colours are transparent, so not suitable for black or dark coloured fabrics. Uh, opaque white and metal metallic colours are suitable for both light and dark coloured fabrics, and heat fixing is achieved only when the colours are dry and heated to approximately 160 degrees for three minutes. So there you are. You'll probably know all that, you screen printers out there, but if you don't and uh, you want to find out more, well, the, the simple thing is to uh, get in touch uh, with uh, Art Zone at, at 59 Hanover Street. Uh, the phone number is uh, 03477-0211. That's, I'll repeat that, 03477-0211, Art Zone's phone number in Hanover Street, and uh, you can uh, find their um, website, www.art-zone.co.nz, www.art-zone.co.nz. Well, uh, we've got a wee bit of music here today, 
Uh, and there's a reason for uh, this particular choice of, of uh, music, I have to say. And um, if I'm really good, I can probably find how to get onto it. <laughs> um, where are we? Oh, oh, there we are. Good. I knew I could do this. One of the minor things that I, I have uh, experienced over the last little while are having to get a, get a new set of glasses. And uh, if you could see me squinting up at the screen, uh, you would appreciate that uh, I have uh, uh, now uh, a bit more like... Uh, well, what's the name of that guy that... Uh, uh, not Mr. Google, but uh, <laughs> something like that. Uh, trying to uh, read, uh, squint at the, uh, at the various... Uh, um, bits of print around. So here we go then. Uh, going to play something you're all familiar with. Why not? It's going to be a nice, happy sound for today on the uh, Arty Farty Show. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life. You were only waiting for this moment to arise Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see All your life You were only waiting for this moment to be free Blackbird fly Blackbird fly Into the line of a dark black Paul, I love that little blackbird uh, tweeting away there in the uh, uh, Beatles or Paul McCartney's uh, blackbird. Uh, if you're a, uh, uh, an interested guitarist, you uh, often try to play that, uh, and uh, that is quite an achievement if you uh, can get that off. Uh, and uh, you guitarists out there will uh, probably... Uh, uh, Equate with what I've just said. Now, what I'm uh, the reason I'm playing uh, the Beatles is, is that uh, the artwork 
that uh, accompanied the Beatles albums is a, is a great deal of interest. Uh, and um, the uh, mainly, I'm talking more about the Beatles uh, than when they were uh, playing on their own. And um, the very first uh, piece of artwork that came out uh, was in 1963 uh, with Please Me, or Please, 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 uh, Please, Please Me. I'm having trouble with that. Please, Please Me. How, how on earth did I find it difficult to say two pleases in a row? And that was released in 1963. And the cover, interesting enough, uh, it was... Uh, uh, well, it was actually producer George Martin wanted to use the opportunity to bring together two of his own pet projects, his new band and his love for the London Zoo, because he was an honorary fellow with the City Zoological Society and he probably also saw the humour in having the Beatles pose in front of the zoo's insect house. Unfortunately, the London Zoological Society didn't think it was such a good idea. So photographer Angus McBean uh, was asked to come up with a different idea. Well, he quickly arranged the group inside EMI's headquarters in London's Manchester Square and looking down the stairwell... Um, it was done in an almighty rush, like the music Martin wrote in 1994's With a Little Help from My Friends. Thereafter, though, the Beatles' own creativity came bursting to the fore. Yeah, so uh, that was what happened. It just, it's not a very surreal shot. It just features John, George, Ringo and Paul grinning down from above. Uh, and... Uh, uh, it was nearly different, though. Somewhere out there are illustrations uh, by um, Paul McCartney himself for the sleeve. Uh, back when the LP was prospectively punnily titled Off the Beatle Track. So there you are. Uh, the, um, uh, the Insect House was, was actually the original uh, pos uh, possibility, as uh, we said with, jo with um, uh, uh, George Martin. Uh, and it was sort of supposed to pun a bit with their creepy crawly band name, the Beatles. Um, but as the the actual words of the zoo people was, we don't allow these kinds of photographs on our premises, quite out of keeping with the good taste of the Zoological Society of London. So there you go. I bet they regret it now. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Please, please me, uh, you know, uh, you probably remember all those uh, hits away back uh, in the old days. Uh, Chains, I saw standing there. Please, please me, love me, do. P.S. I love you. Do you want to know a secret? This is when the Beatles absolutely uh, burst into the music scene, blew away a lot of the uh, uh, American uh, pop scene. And uh, brought about the uh, the arrival of the British scene uh, into uh, modern music. So um, let's see if we can find another bit of music, and uh, uh, then we'll talk about uh, what the next of the album covers. Yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away Now it looks as though they're here to stay Oh, I believe in yesterday Suddenly I'm not half the man I used to be There's a shadow hanging over me 
producing they were just absolutely full of um, ideas and uh, following please please me they come out came out uh, with the album with the beatles and uh, with the beatles uh, again in 1963 and uh, the uh, manager uh, of course you all know was brian epstein i don't know why it is that the americans insist on saying brian epstein um, maybe I'm not sure how Brian himself uh, pronounced his name, uh, but uh, it's quite clear in German that S T E I N is Stein. So I insist on saying Brian Epstein, and uh, Brian Epstein brought uh, Robert Freeman into the uh, Beatles' orbit after becoming enamoured with his black and white pictures of John Coltrane. Uh, for inspiration, they showed Freeman a series of early 60s-era photos taken by their friend, Astrid Kircher, in which uh, they were shown in half-light. Freeman actually um, um, made a, a, a point of achieving a similar effect in probably the most off-handed of ways, shooting them in the dining room of a hotel in the coastal town of Bournemouth where the Beatles were playing a summer residency. People think he must have worked at it forever and ever, Paul McCartney said in 2001 as the Beatles' diary, volume one, the Beatles' years. But it was an hour. He sat down, took a couple of rolls, and he had it. Uh, the US only ca counterpart, Meet the Beatles, used the same image but wrecked the concept by colorizing it in what would become an unhappy theme during the run-up to 1966's Yesterday. And today, Capital also butchered the song order, for goodness sake. It, um, however, it was a beautiful friendship uh, with Robert Freeman, who snapped the uh, band in that stark black and white uh, at the Palace Court in the Bournemouth Hotel. And the Fab Four's artful second going on to shoot a further four Beatles LPs rather than have them all in a line uh, as Freeman said I put Ringo 
in the bottom right corner since he was the last to join, said uh, Mr Freeman. He was also the shortest. <laughs> so poor Ringo, if you remember the cover, you had uh, John uh, Lennon on the top left uh, with um, uh, George Harrison uh, between uh, him and Paul McCartney right up the top. And then poor old Ringo actually looks as if he's the shortest because the bodies aren't uh, visible in the... Uh, <laughs> aren't visible uh, in the photograph. Uh, but anyway, uh, really, uh, they were iconic um, uh, album covers, uh, all of the Beatles uh, albums, and there was a story to everyone which I hope you're going to uh, be able to hear. So we'll have a little bit more music uh, uh, along this theme. And I'm my poor old eyes are having an awful job trying to find everything here. Goodness me. Ah, here we go. Right. Uh, there we go. Ah, oh, yes, of course. I remember when uh, this uh, song came out, I remember thinking to myself, if I would ever reach this age, and um, as soon as I say that, you'll be uh, f familiar with what I'm about to say, uh, that is uh, when I'm 64. And uh, for goodness sake, I'm now 11 years older than that. No, I'm 12 years older than that, for goodness sake. Anyway, I did wonder if I'd ever make it. Uh, here is When I'm 64.
I love that bit where um, uh, the uh, uh, Scottish accent actually creeps in, one which uh, none of them uh, had uh, naturally, but uh, uh, it's the, probably their uh, uh, sort of natural acting. They, <laughs> they had to imbue uh, the singer with a uh, Scottish accent. Uh, now, another footnote to uh, With the Beatles... Uh, that album, the second album in 1963, following hot on the uh, on the heels of Please Please Me, uh, with the Beatles, it won't, uh, whether you'd remember some of the songs, All My Loving, Don't Bother Me, Little Child, Mr. Postman, Roll Over Beethoven, Hold Me Tight, You Really Got a Hold on Me, Money, of course, You Really, uh, I Want to Be Your Man was the big hit. Uh, when they brought that album cover out, the photograph, of course, was brilliant. Uh, however, uh, they put a white uh, border right up the top uh, uh, into which they put uh, the title of the album with the Beatles. <clears throat> now, that white block at the top of the front cover uh, almost caused a ruckus between the band and the label because the group wanted the black and white image presented with no text, but the label vetoed it, insisting, that's uh, EMI, of course, insisting the Beatles weren't famous enough to carry a nameless cover. Uh, and possibly they may have been right in those days, not too sure. Uh, EMI, uh, EMI, meanwhile, weren't too happy with the smileless shot, at odds with their chipper public persona. But eventually they backed down. This seems to have been you know, a, lo- a long battle with the labels uh, because uh, the Beatles were so innovative uh, that they um, were um, really uh, cutting a, a new path uh, that had uh, not been um, uh, trod before by any of the other um, uh, groups at the time. And uh, so uh, there was uh, quite a lot of argument because it, all the um, dyed-in-the-wool uh, record labels uh, wanted to uh, you know, work to the, uh, the recipe that had succeeded uh, for them in the past and uh, weren't very keen on uh, doing anything that was uh, innovative and, uh, well, we could say exciting, I would think, probably. Um, so um, that was uh, with the Beatles. Uh, the next album, 1964, uh, was <clears throat> A Hard Day's Night and was accompanied by a film. Yeah. Um, and uh, in A Hard Day's Night... Um, again, they, they uh, hired uh, Robert Freeman uh, with an inspiring idea that brought a sense of movement to the cover of A Hard Day's Night, uh, which also visually connected the album with its movie tie-in. He took four rows of headshots, each with a different expression, as if they were frames of film. The images were surrounded by a blue frame in the UK edition, but with a red one in other countries, including America and, I do believe, in uh, New Zealand. The US edition was also crudely edited. The Beatles appeared in just four large images rather than 20, completely ruining Freeman's original idea. So that wasn't, uh, uh, you know, that's the story of their life. This, uh, the, the same sort of thing was happening all the time. Uh, someone had a sort of an artistic idea and thought they would, uh, uh, you know, push themselves in and uh, uh, add their own idea, which, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, stopped the uh, continuity of uh, the message uh, to the rest of the world. Uh, 
uh, it was, if you, you, you remember, there's about one, two, three, four, five, uh, 20 images, and uh, each panel is a frame in a movie. And, uh, of course, um, if you saw the movie, you'd remember it. I think it was all in black and white. And I believe, oh, I can't remember who it was that um, uh, that produced the movie quite well. One of his first uh, movies, I think he did 2001, and uh, one number of other ones. Uh, he was quite an innovative, uh, uh, the idea of actually doing the whole thing in black and white uh, was a... Um, uh, a new idea uh, and uh, well there was a, a film called The Running, Jumping and Standing Fil- Still Film that was uh, The Goons <clears throat> and uh, there was really a nod to that in a lot of the action in A Hard Day's Night um, arguably the group's increasingly cinematic sound uh, was uh, reproduced in this uh, album and its playful feel uh, Beatles academics have suggested uh, it was uh, really because of the dark previous sleeve, but then again, uh, it, it, there were theories abounding uh, in uh, the Beatles' lives. Uh, as they slowly got more popular, there was a great deal more uh, uh, speculation uh, about uh, what was happening, particularly uh, on the album covers or in the songs, of course. Uh, a Hard Day's Night uh, was... Um, the uh the the first track on on the album and then you had all sorts of uh ones you'll remember uh i should have known better if i fell and i love her tell me why can't buy me love of course any time at all i'll cry instead things we said today when i get home you can't do that and i'll be back and that was in 1964, of course, <clears throat> and 1964, um, when, I'm, uh, when I get older, losing my hair. Uh, when I'm 64, I don't know that that was a nod to the, that particular year. It might have been. Who knows? Uh, well, I don't really know. <laughs> um, the, um, the blue, actually, the reason why the U.S. used the red was um, that the uh, dominant blue was deemed too British for other regions by labelled executives. So it was uh, the release of the red frame was released in Brazil and the US. Uh, with the and as I said before, the, there were only four frames instead of the uh, the small ones, which ruined Freeman's original concept. Uh, however, uh, they did, fortunately they kept uh, the back sleeve like the previous records clean and elegant so that you could you could actually uh, read what was happening and uh, the apple uh, symbol was uh, featuring on the back of hard, a hard day's night so um, shall we uh, well, i think we'll have another little bit of uh, beatles music shall we uh, it's i'm kind of enjoying this i hope you are um, and uh, you'll be remembering these um, album covers as they came out all all those years ago so let's um let's have a listen to Fool on the Hill. Day after day alone on a hill The man with the foolish grin is keeping perfectly still But nobody wants to know him they can see that he's just a fool And he never gives an answer but the fool 
sees the sun going down And the eyes in his head See the world spinning round Well on the way Head in a cloud The man of a thousand voices Talking perfectly loud But nobody ever hears him Or the sound he appears to make He never seems to notice what the fool on the hill Sees the sun going down And the eyes in his head See the world spinning Shows his feelings, but the fool on the hill sees the sun going down, and the eyes in his head see the world spinning round. Oh, Covered by so many other people over the years now, uh, that's uh, Fool on the Hill uh, from the Beatles. And we're talking about the album covers, uh, and you're listening to the Artie Farty Show on 105.4 FM uh, or 1575 AM. And uh, the I am um, having a lot of fun today because I love the Beatles. And, of course, I uh, made sure that I was buying all those albums when they came out. Uh, and um, in, on record, of course. And it's not so long ago, well, uh, when CDs came out, uh, I discovered just, uh, just how incredibly uh, clear the CDs were. They were remastered and uh, they were brought out, the whole lot of them. And uh, the, uh, the, you could hear John Lennon breathing. It was just fantastic. Uh, not to say that my analog uh, setup wasn't all that good. It was pretty good. And, uh, you know, I had all the uh, ins and outs, uh, uh, magnetic cartridges, and uh, later on, uh, uh, the, uh, as, as they got better, I added uh, better uh, cartridges. Uh, but anyway... Um, the uh, CD was just uh, incredible, so uh, the records kind of got put away, uh, and I have actually sold them, uh, which um, you, a lot of you might say was sacrilege, uh, 
but uh, selling them actually wasn't a bad thing because uh, uh, I had I, all the aficionados came out uh, of the woodwork and uh, they would uh, say things like, uh, oh, is that... Um, uh, um, sort of LP five six nine two one seven, or is it LP nine six two one five eight? Because uh, the uh, you know there was a, some minuscule difference between one and the other, and it was clearly be, uh, going to decide which uh, if they were going to buy it or not. Uh, so uh, I had no idea that there was uh, all this. Uh, uh, minuscule examination of the things, but oh well, good for them. Uh, good luck. Uh, well, what was the next album? I hear you ask. A good question. I'm glad you asked that. The next question, uh, not, not the next question. Uh, the next album was uh, A Hard Day's Night in 1964, and uh, uh, oh no, that's the I've already talked about that. What am I talking about? It was Beatles for Sale. Uh, and um, the Beatles for sale uh, showed uh, all four Beatles. Uh, Ringo was uh, vindicated uh, by appearing, and that's 1964. And um, the uh, it's kind of a weary sort of image. Um, actually captured the mood uh, as Beatle mania began to grind down the band. Uh, they gathered with... Um, uh, uh, with Robert Freeman again, this time at London's Hyde Park, and again completed the shoot within an hour and a half in the fall of 1964. They didn't even change clothes. <laughs> the photographer would always be able to say to us, just show up, and McCartney later recalled that, uh, that fact in Anthology. That was because we all wore the same kind of gear all the time, black stuff, white shirts, and big black scarves. The final shot was achieved as an assistant held up a leafy branch, creating an atmosphere of closeness. And you can see in, uh, in the shot uh, that there's an out-of-focus thing underneath the figures. Uh, and it was an autumn uh, of 1964, and uh, the sunlight uh, at, the, at that time of year in London did the rest. Um, it was his third, Freeman's third cover, as you've probably counted already, uh, and um, they sort of had surly expressions on their faces, um, uh, probably because of the, the soul-searching music on the album itself. Uh, and John Lennon was very much into Bob Dylan's introspective folk music around uh, the writing of that, of that one, and... Uh, they really did feel that their uh, music was starting to be commodified. And uh, that uh, was where they really burst out of uh, that situation uh, and started to uh, uh, do some new things. Uh, so uh, let's um, play another little bit of music uh, from the Beatles. I keep losing this. Um, I think Strawberry Fields would be a bit right, right? You know, that was a, that's an area in Liverpool, uh, and uh, one of, uh, an area that they were familiar with, uh, uh, sort of, um, I suppose, a public park, actually. Strawberry Fields doesn't sound like that. Uh, and uh, we went to New York. And, um, uh, of course, uh, later than these albums were made, 
the the true tragedy struck when uh, Chapman uh, shot uh, John Lennon in front of the Detroit building in uh, New York, just across from Central Park. And uh, Yoko Ono, uh, along with other um, uh, willing uh, contributors, uh, found uh, well they they were allowed to uh, make a section of the park in memory of John Lennon, and they named that Strawberry Fields. So uh, let's hear it.
Yes, you can hear psychedelia coming there in strawberry fields, and uh, this is the uh, Beatles stretching themselves. Uh, but in 1964, uh, A Hard Day's Night was followed by uh, Beatles for Sale, and then in 1965, Out Came Help. And uh, this is the uh, the Beatles took time while shooting the final scenes from their second movie at uh, Twickenham Studios. That was Help, of course, quite a different movie altogether. Uh, and they shot their album cover inspired by a scene from the film when the band was playing around in the snow in the Austrian Alps. Uh, of course, um, Robert Freeman was uh, firmly ensconced as a photographer, and he hit upon the idea of spelling out the title in semaphore with each member making a letter. Uh, a very groovy plan, which uh, originally for the Fab, the Fab Four were to arrange their arms spelling HELP, H-E-L-P in flag semaphore. However, uh, Freeman wasn't actually very happy uh, with the graphic positioning of the arms, and instead he improvised, and the guys were all in ski garb, uh, which uh, was uh, uh, absolutely right for the Austrian Alps, no doubt, uh, and uh, also uh, for the film, which was um, uh, uh, which they were dressed in uh, for that purpose. And uh, so um, that was uh, the garb that uh, they had on that they could then um, use for the album cover. So... Um, each member made a letter, which is good, um, And uh, but the trouble was when they came to the shot, uh, the arrangement of the arms with those letters didn't look good, Freeman wrote in 1990's The Beatles' A Private View. So they decided to improvise and ended up with the best graphic position of the arms. That's how the Beatles, still in their movie wardrobe, ended up spelling out N-U-J-V instead of help. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. Uh, I'm sure it's a, a point that most uh, um, uh, Beatles fans wouldn't be too worried about. Uh, and uh, the uh, uh, just to, to let you know that uh, this is such a lovely theme, I'm really very interested in continuing it. And um, we've got to pretty much to the end of our uh, Arty farty hour. In the meantime, uh, I have apologies from um, uh, Andy Cook. Of course, he he couldn't come because he's uh, busy, but he'll be back next month. So we'll welcome him back with open arms. Uh, so we've got to now. We've got to uh, 1965 uh, with the um, Beatles uh, film uh, Help and the album uh, cover that uh, that was. Um, fitting in with that with the <laughs> N as N-U-J-V uh, rather than H-E-L-P. Uh, so uh, this is sort of a heralding uh, a bit of a uh, coming into an era. I think the next album was Rubber Soul and we'll, we'll uh, be talking about that uh, the next time and uh, hopefully playing some music from the same. Uh, you've been listening to the Arty Farty Show on uh, 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. And uh, I think it would be pretty appropriate uh, if we were to finish on a, a song that had some meaning uh, for the end of our program. Uh, so I'd like you all to... Uh, uh, to enjoy uh, this one when you're listening to it, and uh, remember that the next show will be doing uh, will be doing exactly the same thing. 
with uh, and continue uh, with uh, Rubber Soul. And as, as you probably remember, uh, Rubber Soul was uh, uh, in 1965. Uh, yesterday and today was 1966, a much less no- lesser known one, and uh, Revolver in 1966. Uh, they were pretty prolific. And then the iconic St. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band in 1967. And what an amazing uh, album cover that made. Uh, so it's um, time to, uh, to say goodbye. And uh, we'll end very appropriately with the Beatles. Hello, goodbye.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.